Hi fellow coach, it's Angela here. I hope you're well. Today's podcast is really delving into a topic that I've had to navigate personally and still do, and it's called the solopreneur stress bucket. That ability to handle all of the different things that we have to do to grow a business as a solopreneur, getting things off the ground, balancing your anxiety and cash flow with the reality and expectations of growing, not to mention all of those other challenges where your day is interrupted and you have to say yes to so much. Let's look at that topic today and let's make sure that you are well supported to navigate the journey ahead. Welcome to the Visible Coaches podcast. I'm Angela Durant and you'll meet Anka Herman a little later. Between us, we have 30 years of business experience. We've started and grown our businesses from nothing but an idea, learning to play to our strengths as introverts in what often feels like an extrovert world. If you have ever felt any resistance to how others tell you you have to market yourself or bear your soul on social media just to get clients, then this podcast is for you. We know the unique challenges that introverted coaches face when it comes to selling their services. So, if you're ready to learn how to spot those golden opportunities right under your nose, clarify your message, nurture that market, and get more business coming your way, all without sacrificing your energy levels or well-being, then plug your AirPods in and let's go. Well, welcome to the podcast with Angela and Anka for Visible Coaches Podcast. Now, today we've got something that might be a little off topic from messaging and nurturing your market etc but we're going to be talking over the next two episodes about the solopreneur stress bucket because if you have ever felt overwhelmed with the sheer amount of things that you think you have to do to get the business off the ground to get the message right to bring people into your world then to sort of have conversations with them and then keep the social media plate spinning and something else and then the bills paid let alone all the things in your life that are probably going on at the same time as you trying to to do this, then you understand what it's like to be in the solopreneur stress bucket. So we're going to look at what it is, what's unhelpful, what's helpful, and all, and personally our own journeys with that. And maybe you can glean some help from that and from some of our mistakes and maybe some of our things that we found are helpful to help you on your entrepreneurial journey and making sure that your stress bucket is not overflowing and overwhelming. So, um, Anka, I'm going to start with you. What really, what tips your stress bucket? You know, what are the things that you know are a red flag that you've learned over the years that tip your stress bucket over the edge? (laughs) The first thing that jumps to mind is when I'm in the middle of flow and somebody interrupts me, (laughs) it's like you know oh and especially when it's like oh come and sit and watch this movie and I'm like oh (laughs) you know or even when I have an appointment or something like when I'm in the middle of flow I really have to pull myself together (laughs) and when I don't like a very sort of an it's an interesting one because that's usually the moment when I remember that I have quite a bit of an introvert in me it's um when I don't get alone time I can be very social I love being on calls but when there isn't the balance that I can decompress and let my mind wander and tinker and make and create stuff if I don't get that (laughs) I'm not a fun person to be around 
you know, and, and also what makes the stress bucket flow over, which fortunately over the years I've learned is my own fault, is when I say yes to too many things, when I allow my enthusiasm to carry me away and I say yes to too many things, and then it feels like too many people projects pull at me from too many sides and it feels like I want to dive in but there's 10 other people then are 10 other things that want my attention and that really stresses me out but yeah knowing that it's actually my own making has really helped does your stress bucket go over when the the money's tight or it, have you learned to deal with that in the entrepreneurship <laughs> well that is actually an interesting one because my first business my sewing business was actually a brilliant teacher on that front right because i had moments especially like in the beginning i had when i first started i had a nice cushion from the software developer days you know, but you know what it's like, you know, that cushion gets eaten up as you build the business up. And then there was a point where the business was picking up momentum, but the money had run out. And there was like a real tight spot in between where <laughs> I had a moment where I was literally people would pay me when they pick up their costume. And it was literally I need her to pick that up, that skirt up yeah. today, because tomorrow I won't have electricity to finish it, <laughs> you <Yeah>. know. <laughs> And I also remember there was like for the first few years, I'd get really panicky every February because business was slow, you know, and I was always worried if it would be picking up again, you know, and after a while you got to see, well, actually, yeah, you know, and it was just that very tight turnaround of cash flow in the sewing business really taught those lessons that I learned just because I don't have the money now and I have no idea where it's going to come from doesn't mean I won't have it when I need it, right? And the fact that I'm still here, it always appeared somehow, right? So that really was one of those like, oh, and to see the thought created hum, like, like roller coaster, I remember one night I was waking up like literally like but like wide awake from one second to the next 3 a.m. in the morning, I woke up like heart pounding like crazy. Mm. Oh, my God. I don't know what it was like car insurance bill coming up. Oh, my God. I have I haven't got the money and it's coming up in 10 days and I have no idea where it's going to come from. And my heart was pounding like crazy. I was sweating. I was like, oh, my God, what if and then if I don't have the car, then I have that, you know, hungry, homeless in the street, you know. And all of a sudden, I was like, wait, breathe. Just because you don't have it doesn't mean you won't have it. <sighs> Relax. I drift back off to, to sleep. Half an hour later, I'm wide awake again. What about, you know, and all of a sudden, I started laughing because I'm thinking, well, I've been in this emotional roller coaster from peaceful to panic and back within an hour. And throughout that entire hour, my bank balance hasn't changed. <laughs> so true. You know, like nothing changed in my financial situation, but my experience went through all the emotions and back. And I'm like, well, okay, 
panicking isn't going to help. Panicking isn't going to help me find the next client. It doesn't help me be creative about how else can I create that money. So I think those experiences really helped me see how made up that stress actually is. Do you know what? That's it, It's just got me thinking about my own situation because on the surface, where I am in our family situation, and for those of you listening in, um, my husband was diagnosed with terminal cancer in 2020, March 2020, but terminal as in not quite imminent. And we've had several near-death experiences, and some of them have been really traumatic. Um, and it got me really understanding where to seek help and where I was okay. But even with that, I recognised, you know, I've continued all the way through that to continue to work with and grow the business and to have, um, I learnt, I've learnt with my own stress bucket when, you know, not to be a lone ranger, to ask for help. And that was probably the biggest, the biggest things that actually hit my stress bucket is when I'm trying to do it all on my own. As you say, when you're having 3am thinking and you're trying to panic your way into a a creative space and and I mean that's it isn't it trying to panic your way into a creative space it just it's like the two just can't they're like oil and water they just don't work um and for me when I get urgent when I'm worried about things and I try and speed up the process arbitrarily too fast because I've got because it's that almost like that river of anxiety that thinking that that just as you say that roller coaster of thinking and that anxiety that seems to just sort of run like an undercurrent in most people's lives if they truly admit it. And most of the time we're trying to spend a lot of time keeping the ball under the water and put a brave face on it most of the time and pretend. And that's why I think people talk about burnout, talk about doing too much, etc. Um, my When we met, which was 2018, we met when we were both doing clarity coach training with our coach at the time, Jamie Smart. And I did it not to become a coach. And that's quite interesting how most of the time I'm doing that sort of coaching now. But I, did, I didn't I did do it. I did it because I wanted to get a handle on that stress bucket. And that was really before we even had some of the things that we're dealing with now. But as you say, what I really understood and took from that was that no matter what the experience that's going on in my life, I'm actually creating the, I'm creating so much additional suffering around whatever it is that I'm worried about. And I, I've got a choice. I can continue to add more and more thought and I call it mushrooming your, th- your thinking. You start with one thought and then you carry on and carry on and carry on and carry on and carry on. And before you know it, everything looks dark and desperate and they had a real they had a couple of good images didn't they you know one was this ladder of consciousness where we just don't have access to a really calm creative center if we've if we're we've taken the lift and we've pressed the button to the basement and all we can see is dark and dingy and damp down there and we've got zero perspective and then we hit the 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 button and the lift goes right the way up to the penthouse and suddenly we've got perspective and I think you said it, you know, you, the bank account hadn't changed, 
And yet you had all of these different thinkings. One minute you were in the penthouse and probably had a creative idea. And the next minute you talked yourself out of it and you were completely in the basement. And nothing had actually changed about the situation. And I can truly, um, I can truly say that that happened to us one month when we were waiting for um, my husband's oncologist to call and give us some response for some hospital tests. And the week before, I think we had both talked ourselves into you know literally imminent death I mean I'm laughing about it now like even in the midst of you know the, the, the sometimes crisis but we talked ourselves into it and we were so expecting his his doctor to sort of say that his scan was really bad etc the oncologist got on the, the FaceTime and said well nothing's changed really it's all looking pretty stable and I burst out laughing because in that moment it was like a balloon popping in my thinking that that realized that no matter what looks like a stressful situation you know you're waiting for test results we had spent a whole week creating a really rubbish experience of our whole life and we didn't even have the facts to back it up was just nothing in it and even if we had the facts uh, our choice of experience could be whatever we made it um you know i know i'm like you i don't particularly choose a solopreneur spa day because i've got to sort the dog out sort the kids out that's already a military operation so it's not necessarily a place for me to decompress but i think you know that time on my own that time to to journal. I'm a big journaler. I love to just write things out to other people, or to just have a cup of tea and a book, and or a walk in nature, or just that 20 minutes where you just take your head out of the game that you're playing and you get it somewhere else. And it just made all the difference for me realizing that the stress bucket is mostly of our own creation, no matter what the situation is. I had to come to terms with that, considering ours. And the second part of that that I had to come to terms with was that most of the entrepreneurial journey, whatever I found a challenge, somebody else found an adventure. Oh, that reminds me of one of my favorite exercises during coach training. And the lesson was literally that, right? It was like, there was, we were put into small, you might remember, they were put into small groups and it was like, okay, you know, there was a list given of, you know, 20 or 30, like horrible things. Like we did it both ways, you know, all like amazing things. And another exercise with was, really, and I remember the horrible things more, right? Like all the things that you normally would consider like, oh my God, like this is just really horrible. You know, like being diagnosed with with a terminal illness. There was um, being in prison. There was like going bankrupt. There go there was going going through a divorce. There was like all these things that you normally find really. And so in the group, we <laughs> the job was to come to kind of create a joint list of like, a, like, okay, what's the worst thing? What's the second worst? And literally order all these things in a list. And the interesting thing was nobody could ever come to an agreement. Like I, like I remember the piece, like one of them for me was like, oh my God, going to prison 
would have to be one of the worst things, like the shame that comes with it and the like physical unsafety and, you know, like whatever. And I remember some guy was, yeah, I spent a week in prison. Wasn't that bad. No big deal. <laughs> like literally what was like, you know, and somebody would say, oh, you know, like a, a diagnosis. Somebody else goes, oh, well, no, you can still have, like you can still enjoy life even if you're sick. And it was fun. It was fascinating. And you could really mm. see clearly that the stress bucket is made up. The stress bucket does not exist. It's like a Fata Morgana. Right? And it shows up in different ways. Like we see it and it feels real, just like the thoughts we're having don't look like they're made up. Like that's that's sort of the sneaky bit. Like they feel real and it feels like it's a fact. And I think just to remember like, well, is that actually true? Right? I think that little I moment think, of time out is gold, worth gold. It is because I think, and also to say it's not that just there is no existence to your feelings in in those places because as you're saying the the amount of things that we think are real that when you know a few months on a few years on in your journey you just don't even consider in the same manner but I think it's important wherever you are to know where those current triggers are for you because I know that when I studied um, certain parts of this in neuroscience and the amygdala part of the brain once we have literally just mushroomed, like the dust cloud of thinking has gone mad, just like your panic at 3 a.m. in the morning, you don't have access to the more intelligent part of the brain. It's like the chimp paradox, as it were. Once, So the stress bucket is once we've actually got to that place where we are really triggered, we can't see the wood for the trees, we just simply don't have access to the clarity of mind. But we did get a little snow globe given to us, didn't we? And it was this idea that when you're shaking the snow globe and everything looks, you can't see a clear picture to know that as soon as you, as soon as, you know, that just simply you let the dust settle, yeah. the picture becomes clearer again without having to have really to do, do a lot extra to do it. Yeah. You don't have to do anything. I think that's the key piece to it. You know, because anything you try and do, you just keep shaking the snow globe, right? Right. So we're going to go into part two of this. We're going to leave this for part one. And this might certainly have got you thinking. If you have, please leave a comment. Um, come into our free group and interact with us and share your thoughts around this. Because it's really important as you're growing your business to help yourself to manage all of the things that we do have to do in growing our business. But what we're saying is we don't have to add a really rubbish experience when we're creating some of that on our own without with, with innocence behind it. So until next time, we'll see you soon. Take care. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to the Visible Coaches Podcast. If you've ever felt the pressure to market yourself in ways that don't align with your true nature, this podcast is your sanctuary. If you've enjoyed what you've heard so far, make sure to subscribe to the Visible Coaches Podcast on your favorite platform. And we would really be grateful if you could leave us a review. Your feedback means the world to us and it helps us reach more introverted coaches like you. To grab this episode's free resource, visit thevisiblecoachespodcast.com now. That's thevisiblecoachespodcast.com.